Hey, everybody. Just want to welcome you to another episode of Shock Treatment. I'm one of your hosts for this evening, Mad Mel. And then we have my dear friend, Maddie. That's me. And we're here to bring you something a little less political this time around. We're going Maddie, how here. are you? I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing all right over here. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, we had a big episode uh, previously. I don't know when this one will air, so it might not be... It might not have been the episode before this. It, it might not even... This this episode could come out before that. You never know. Um, we also, well, we could do three more at some point and really mess things up. <laughs> I know. We got an Anthony, uh, Anthony Thurber, uh, guest Anthony Thurber episode coming up. Um, soon too, so nobody knows where any of this will lie. I think we're gonna we got a double header episode planned with him as well. So it's good that we're starting to get a good jump on some shows again. We've had a little bit of a hiatus, um, but we'll be back back uh, back to the future. You know, excelling like into we the, always into do. The, we can't the, stay away from one another. Exactly, excelling into space. But yeah, uh, yeah, my. Our, our uh, previous episode that we recorded, at least, I'll say, I don't know when it's coming out, but the previous episode we recorded, we got a little political, we were going to tap dance into it a little bit, and kind of bring up the situation, but it was such a strong, such a strong, you know, strong Subject. feelings and subjects that, yeah, we we ended up doing the whole episode that way, and uh, for the for our fans that did not like that episode... Uh, we won't apologize for doing it, but we we will say that that probably will, that that you won't hear another political episode like that for a while. So it is what it is. But um, yeah, it, it, it would definitely have to be something that uh, a very strong topic of conversation for the both of us because we're yeah. pretty good about you know making sure that the other is cool with something before we just go say, oh, by the way, we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, it's not like most shows where they might not know something about what's going on. Yeah. We like to talk when we have subjects to talk about. And we, as you know, we go in different directions. We always veer off the, the beaten path. So Always. And I, I think that's, that's what the good thing about us being hosts together is mm -hmm. because no matter what the topic of conversation is, we're usually pretty well knowledge in that area or at least try to be, but even if it's not a whole lot of knowledge, there's enough to make a conversation. Amen. Amen. Um, I never said I was the brightest bulb on the tree, but you know, maybe when I feel strongly about something, I will open my mouth. <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it. I think we're, uh, this episode we'll, we'll get into uh, the Severed Films, Severed Limbs Film Festival. The Limbs Film Festival, which was a fantastic idea from our friends over at Without Your Head. Um, that gave me an opportunity to see a lot of shorts from people I had no clue about, you know, just starting to really get familiar with the indie filmmakers, you know, outside of the little group I know. And even with the group of people I do know, I haven't seen many of their films. So, mm -hmm. you know, I really 
want to thank Neil and, you know, everything that without your head for having that because, there was, like I said, there was a lot of fantastic shorts. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, Neil and uh, Troy and everybody over there, I think James is the other person. I think there was... Um... We, you know, during the, the pandemic, everything's kind of shut down and nobody's gathering and, you know, uh, everybody's kind of stuck at home. So, like, he came up with an idea to do an online film festival called Severed Limbs Film Festival, which was very cool, where he, he accepted, you know, um, I think he like almost 40 shorts were played um, from all over the world. You know, we had some local, some other local names, you know, uh, like James Lamond and the, the group from the 508. Um, I think Jeremy Aruda, a part of the 508, did, um, let me see, I could be wrong with that name, actually, but uh, they did the box, they played their the box movie, and um, there's also a film called Strawberry Lane that was pretty cool that they did. Um, George James Frazier. Uh, had a film there. Balamonte, is that what, how would they pronounce it? I think he actually had a couple. Oh, yeah, he had a short there, too, a, a happenstance. He had his happenstance short there, from uh, which I think spawned the old happenstance film festival, his film festival. Uh, Rob Lee had a, had a short there. Nick Charles had a short there. Um... Trying to think of anybody else local that I know. I don't I think that was kind of it for local folks. And then there was a, there was a folks from all over the place. You know, there's a cloud. Cloud was a very fun short that I I liked a lot. There was a, there was a short that was kind of a prequel. I think they were going for for Psycho or a, a sequel to Psycho or something like that. Um, that, that was, was one of my that was one of my favorites of the ones that I saw when yeah. I finally tuned in because I think it was already maybe almost an hour or so into it when I was able to jump in start watching. So I got in right before that one. I I think there was like maybe two shorts prior to that, and that was phenomenal. Like Hitchcock's a hard person to take on, and that was kind of flawless. And you know, made him proud if he was if he's you know watching from the other side. He was definitely watching. I, I heard rumor that Alfred Hitchcock was definitely watching Severed Limbs Film Festival from the other side. He said his he not only did he watch the first one, but he also watched the following weekend when they did the second run of it. <laughs> I remember that for sure. Um, I should have probably put together a list of of, of people in films that were there. Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. There, uh, do you remember what the clown one was? Well, there was a couple of different ones. There was, um, yeah, there was one with the clowns where there was, um, it was like a murder party type thing with clowns for anybody who ever seen Murder Party, which is also a really yeah. fun, fun uh, indie film from the director Jeremy Solner of uh he, he he later went on to do Green Room and Blue Ruin which were masterpieces of their genres um trying to think there was there was one clown one that uh I don't know clowns are big clowns were big this um this year Boombastic Films actually has a clown short being cut up right now which is fun 
Um, but yeah, Boombastic, I, I guess I'll bring up the Boombastic additions to it. You know, we played Insomniac. Um, we played the, dire- the directorial debut premiere of uh, Alexander Hawk's Acceptance. That, that played there. Um, we also played Victoria. And we played the Alexander Hawk starred Harry Carey Candless, which was nice. So yeah, I have going. I have a list of some of the movies. Um, there was Pumpkin Bitch, which Pumpkin was written Bitch, and directed yes. by Mick Thomas, starring Tim O'Hearn, Colby Chafee, Cash Thomas, and Zach Daly, produced by Tim O'Hearn and Mick Thomas. I like it. Um, the Happy Dance by George James Frazier, mm-hmm. like you just said, Victoria, Monster yeah. Dick. That was hilarious. That was fun. That that was a fun one, yeah. That was definitely fun, and that was written, directed, and animated and edited by Eric E. Poe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mother, which is the psycho fan film from Chris Motoriley. I'm sure I just watered the hell out of that last name, and I apologize. Get your (laughs) Motoriley. Hit it on the highway. Yeah, um, Sound of Forever, which was also by... Eric E. Poe. Cool. Cloud was a good one that I did catch while I, I liked, was on there. I like Cloud a lot. Yeah, Cloud is really good, and that was written and directed by Larry Allen. Word. Um, Divine Inspiration. Very good. That was fun. I like that one, too. That, that was good quality, if I remember correctly. Yep. Furry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, there was that, uh, the one you're thinking of the, with the clowns was Clown Roulette. Clown Roulette, yeah. Um, there was another one that was one name, and I wanted to say Bozo, but I know it's not Bozo, but it was like one, a one word name. I remember the effects, yeah. the, the makeup in it was really good. Yeah, certifiable, bullied, pop. That's the one you're thinking of. The renovation of the old church. Johnny discovers the antique toy box in the hidden in the wall. Yeah. That, oh, that was I, the that box. Was the, no. That was another clown one. Yeah. Was that the box? Or was that... No, the box was James yeah. Lamond, and then there was one called Box or something like that. There was a couple box name uh, related ones. Um... So, well, obviously, there was the box from... The 508, our in. folks. In the box? Boxed in. Okay, yeah. Boxed in, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, the box was our, our buddy James Lamont's film um, at 508. Boxed in. I didn't know that filmmaker, but um, that was fun, Yeah, too. that's um, Troy Minkowski. Yeah. Nothing. There's nothing in the shed. The box was from James... Um, Acceptance from Alex. Yeah. Hey, have you ever heard of Rob Zombie? That was fun. That one was kind of fun. It was, uh, that was, uh... That one I didn't see, so I'll have to check that link out later. It was like a comedy. It was good times. Uh, Don't Don't You Dare, which was, um, the one about sex trafficking. Is that the one with, where the girls were like, um... Demons at one point. Yep. That one was good. That had a lot of good production value. I like that one. There was Ping, created and hosted by Ryan Joseph Murphy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Baltimore. Yeah, that's uh, did James. I say that? I think that's how it's 
pronounced. And uh, there's a couple that I know I'm going to, if I say, there was Harry Carey Canvas hey. from you. Yeah. Um, Best Ari? Um, I don't know. It's just The World Has Died But Love Survives. It was directed by Pepper Wren. I like the name. The Last Halloween. That was pretty good. I saw that, that, that one. That was a fun one, yeah. Um, Urban Legends. Mm-hmm. Cool. Valentine's Eve. Umbilicus Deserto. Oh, Umbilicus. That was Neil's movie. That was Neil's. Yep. That was El funny. Indio de Coachella. I know I exploited that one. Is that the documentary one? That was like yep. a foreign one? Yeah, that was fun. About, yeah, that was a good one. Kill Pumpkin Kill. Mm. You know, that shitty short insomniac by that guy, Matthew Fisher. That's a total douche canoe. Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> the worst. Ever. A warming trend. The world is full of weeping. Yeah. Pat and the tree. Strawberry Lane. Bleed for Me, Penance. Um, there is one called Bot, which was by Lee Tomham. Okay. The Return of Sparrow Man. And I think that's the end of it. Yeah, the, that's the end of it. Clowns and Boxes. One. It was all about the clowns and the boxes this year. Yeah, I mean, considering the amount of... Um, submissions that Neil was able to get for this I mean when I tuned it was finally able to tune in like there was never less than 60 viewers until yeah. like right before midnight you know that's when everybody started dropping like flies but I think he had a great turnout considering you know that, that was like a good what five hours worth of movies from the time it started till the time it ended yeah yeah, it was a it was a good turn. It started off strong, and then I remember that the the numbers started to dwindle a little towards the end, which was you know unfortunate. But uh, the following weekend, he flipped it, I believe. Yeah. Instead, started from the end the last movies going forward, and uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was a good thing, a good turnout. Uh, Neil's been doing a lot of online stuff that's really cool. He's been doing a lot of Q&As and stuff. I've seen him earlier today. He was actually talking about how he's done like 100 hours this week of interviews. So it's good to see him um, staying, staying, uh, you know, staying busy and, you know, continuing to do his thing and yeah, Neil's get good, his shows out there. We're going to have Neil on the show one of these days. I think I talked to him about it before. Um you know, for anybody who doesn't know Neil's podcast, Without Your Head, um, that's a great podcast. I know me and Mel were both fans of that, I think, before we even started Shock Treatment. And, uh, yeah, um, Neil's kind of, I kind of went to Neil with, you know, a few questions prior to starting, you know, to kind of get a direction in which to go in, because I like how he does his, the format and everything. And between him and obviously, you know, the guys with the dorkening, mm-hmm. that kind of like the direction I want to go in with our our twist on it, if you know if that makes any sense to people. Yeah, I consider Neil one of the bigger 
when I think of the, all the, you know, everybody and their mother kind of has a horror movie podcast nowadays, but I kind of consider him almost uh, an OG of local local uh, horror podcasts, and uh, still to this day, uh, really good, really solid. I still like to uh, pop on episodes when I'm at work and stuff and listen to him, and he's always got a good good array of, you know, low-budget independent filmmakers as well as, you know, some, you know, people from bigger horror films, which is always good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was it was good. There was a lot of good, a lot of good uh, shorts were played. I know he's planning on doing more of them. Another film. Yep, I think he said, films. I think it says summer 2020. You know, at some point this summer, he said yeah. he's going to do another one. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, July, I think, is when he's planning on doing part two. I know he's also doing, um, he's doing, like, double features. Uh, I know this coming weekend, which people won't hear this episode until probably after this weekend, but um, we're doing a double feature of B-Documentary 2, which is cool. We're doing that, I think, with another documentary that Sam, Sam Mason Bell... Um, direct, directed Sam Mason Bell I kind of know through those UK anthology films that we've been doing with Tony Newman yeah, yeah he, he was kind of part of that part of that group um, but yeah we're doing a Q&A it's cool it's, it's like me Nick Charles um, Lloyd Kaufman's in it Gary Sherman Jamie Balsamo our boy Jimmy um, uh, I know Angela, Nick's girlfriend, is uh, gonna be there. A big executive producer. Um, trying to think. There's somebody else. I think. Huh. It escapes me right now. There might be more people. Um, but I know that that that's the Q and A as of now, which will be fun. It'll be cool to. Oh, um. Glenn Colburn from Bloodsuckers from Out of Space and Kevin Van Hendrick from um, Basket Case fame. So that should be cool. It's going to be a, a star-studded evening, so they say. But uh, I know there's a Groundhog double feature coming up in June or July where Groundhog will be playing with uh, a, spare, a film called Spirit Animal. Uh, with Maddie Daring, I want to say off the top of my head. Uh, don't don't quote me. I didn't take notes because I'm a professional. So I just we're just winging this one. Uh, we met Maddie at Gross Fest in Pennsylvania when we did the uh, first ever annual Gross Fest convention from um, Pennsylvania, um, which was nice. Um, and uh, so we're going to be double featuring with her film and uh, doing a Q&A for that, which will be cool. I mean, anybody who's interested, check out the Boombastic Films page. We'll probably have info on that soon. Uh, I can assure you that the Q&A will at least have uh, myself, Dave Maggot McDonough, writer-director, one of the stars, Alexander Hulk. Um, and, uh, I don't know who else, uh, we'll see, we'll see who else makes it out to that, that big Q&A experience, but, 
Yeah, anybody uh, I'd say gonna hit up without your head and give them a like or a follow. They, you know, they uh, they put on some good shows. You know what I mean? And you can find them on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Believe so it. there's no excuse for not being able to follow them. That's right. Oh, I was just recently on uh, a, a good pal, J- James Balsamo, released uh, Catch of the Day 2, Dead by Dawn, I believe it is, which was nice. I did a, um, I was on the Dorkening recently, our our, our our father network, if that's what you would call it. Our, our I consider the Dorkening to be our distribution company, you know what I mean? Our home ship. Like our home <laughs> ship, yeah. We got me, James went on. Me and James went on there to kind of with with the rest of the Wicked Horror Show crew, um, with the exception I think Tony Eleven Nine Tony uh, Nine Fingers I think wasn't there, but I think everybody else was there. Kevin and Leo, and um, that was a fun you know gathering. Got to talk a little bit about uh, you know the upcoming movie, which I have a cameo in, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, Dorkening, got to prop up the Dorkening. Check out the Dorkening for anybody, anybody listening. Um, there's a Dorkening website, but I don't think you'll find any shock treatment episodes on it. Yeah, probably probably not. I don't usually post to it. Why? So can, can we post to it or do they have to? No, we can post to it. If you're in the group, you should be able to post to it. I oh, think no, I did, I posted maybe one episode on it since we've been back. But usually, um, when once we post a new episode and I start I start to uh, promote our episode, I just post it on mainly on my social media and the shock treatment. Yeah. Pages, social media. I'm at the dot com page. Oh, uh, the dot com page? I have no idea. Probably not. I don't think so. No, I think I, usually I see. I've seen just about every show on there. I think, except for um, you know, shock treatment. That's okay. I'm the black sheep <laughs> in real life, so I don't mind being the black sheep on other times. No, nah, I hear you. I'm with you. It's. Um, I just like the fact that now we're able to talk freely. For hours upon hours, if need be. Anyway, I'm not giving. A, I'm not giving a shout to our uh, to uh, the Dorkening. I'm I'm just making jokes. I'm making jokes. You know, it's because uh, we are allowed to do that. We are allowed to. Um, Leo, who's kind of like Suge Knight of the Dorkening, held me over a balcony by my feet once. Uh, because, because of uh, I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't pro- showing respect. Nah, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, check out the Dorkening too. There's some good dudes. Wicked Horror Show is a good show. The Token Dead they got a good little uh, show they do on there. They do the, uh, the the video show. We should one of these days we should do a video. See if we can get on a video show. Yeah, I'm down with that idea. Um, super, the super retro throwback, throw down, throwback oh, that, Thursday is Steve. another awesome show. <coughs> yeah, throw down Thursday. The list Thursday. goes on and on and on. <laughs> Red Octopus show. Yeah, retro red, red Oh my god, I can't even say it. Ridiculous Red Octopus or whatever it is. Something like that. I know. Sorry, that. guys. There's Sorry, a, Steve. <laughs> there was another conspiracy show on there too. I, I I just recently realized. 
So it'll, it has Behold the Pill podcast and another conspiracy show. But we got mostly ghostly on there, too. And that's the only paranormal show that I think is on um, on there. Well, they have like 36, 36 shows or something like that. I think there's more than that. I yeah. just don't know. I only know the names of the shows, though, that with people that I'm actually... Yeah, they was, can, like have connections with. I if I have not really gone and done my homework about every single show that's on their network. I just you know stick to what I know, and you know that's a bad thing at times. But now the it's my safe zone. Is the Dorkening a show in itself, or is it just a network name? Well, the Dorkening, I well, cause they they have a couple of shows that they do because they have. The video game show they have, so I think that's just like because there's I know know there's some under that there's some type of show where it's like Leo, Kevin, I think Steve from Retro, the Retro Gaming show, and then there's a dude, an older gentleman who's like Italian, I think, who I met at Scaricon, but I forget, but I think he's a part of Dark Delicacies or Dark Discussions. Yep, Dark Discussions. Yep. So. Yeah, I usually see those four. I think those four people have a show, and then I think they do the Wicked Horror Show, which is Leo, Kevin, and... Um, it's usually Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo and Tony. Tony, yeah. Yo-Yo was a part of the James Balsamo episode. I shouldn't have... I forgot about him. You know, there's so many people that like I don't know. I feel, I feel like the whole network should probably be a little more interactive with each other going on each other's shows and stuff because, yeah, like, I know that Yo-Yo's a dude, but I've never, I don't think I've met him in person. Um, Not Angel, long enough to actually have a con- an actual conversation with. And then Angel Angel has a show on there, too, I think. I think he's that, that horror show or something. Um, yep. Angel's a good dude. And um, there's a dude named Wolfie. I don't think I've ever met. But I know I've he, never he, met Wolfie. Wolfie is actually lives in Washington, I believe. Oh, okay. I know he's on one of those shows, too. He's on Wicked Horror Show, and he does, I think he does the video game show occasionally. Yeah. But, like, the Dorkening themselves, they have, I, I want to say there's at least three or four. I should know this. Because I've, you know, been friends with them for so long. But there's at least three or four shows that they do throughout the week. There's a Sunday show. There's, Tuesday and Thursday, and I, I really want to say that occasionally there's another day in there where they might do Kevin, another show, but Kevin, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not positive, I'm not going to say there is, yeah. but I know there's at least those three. Well, you can't be blamed, because I want to say they, 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 people get switched in and out a lot, where, like, I want to, like, I've done the Wicked Horror show, I think, twice. And I've done it twice. And I think... Maybe more. Yeah, I think people that, like... Like, that Wolfie dude was never on any of the... Sh- and I think he's par- a part of the show, but he was never there when I was there. Maybe he's got beef with Matt Fisher. And um, the Yo-Yo dude was only there one time. So I think they just kind of switch out whoever is free, free that day. Whoever's available for that particular yeah. episode. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. But it'd be cool. And, uh, they, they try to have everybody, but obviously, you know, there's going to be times when schedules conflict with everybody's doing an episode. 
But like I know I've pretty much done. I think I've pretty much done an episode at least of the two or three I've done with them. I know I've pretty much been able to talk with everybody, whether it was when we recorded or you know sitting down with them and doing a show at the convention. Weren't we supposed to do a mashup episode with Throwdown Thursday or something like that? That's been something that you know we've been talking about because they were gracious enough to have me on their show prior to us starting Mess. Yeah. But you know, like everything was so crazy going, you know, from WBOB to the Dorkening Network. So you know, things yeah. kind of got put on the back burner in the transition and now as we try to build up our episode with being on the network as opposed to being at WBOB. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now that we're, you know, our feet are back in the water and, you know, we're kind of almost to the point where we actually have ourselves a set schedule of when we're going to record and, you know, the days that we're going to actually post our shows. Yeah. I think it'll be a lot easier now to, start doing crossover episodes with, you know, our fellow podcast family. I know we got Kevin Crooks going to be on Mostly Ghostly tomorrow, recording tomorrow, actually. Oh, that should be cool. Yeah, he used to do paranormal stuff in another life, I guess. When he was younger, he used to, uh, he was big into it. He used to, you know, travel out of Massachusetts, go to like big places, uh, big, you know, paranormal places in, in the, with the, throughout the country and investigate with his, his group of people, so we're going to talk about that. But yeah, they're all good people. All the ones I've met I've enjoyed and uh, would be definitely down to do some mashup or guest, you know, episodes. As a filmmaker, as well as a podcast stutter, I'm always looking to go on shows. Um, so... Uh, I often wonder if being, uh, being a podcaster is... If other podcasters don't like that, like a moonlighting, I wonder. Well, I mean, obviously not everybody cares about doing crossover episodes because, you know, I've, I've like I said, I've been on the dorkening. Yeah. Well, I'm speaking. Wicked hard. So I've been on Throwback. Th- I've been, I did an episode of Throwback Thursday. I did a few episodes with the Scream Sisters prior to, prior to us starting this show. I did an episode I with did, the Scream Sister. Yeah, I did the episode, you know, I did the episode with you guys with promotion ghostly. Yeah. So, you know, some of us don't care about that. Whereas. Well, well, as a filmmaker, would probably rather keep it them. Yeah, more so, less so mashup podcast, more so uh, filmmaker. Because as a filmmaker, you know, I got to get out there and do my rounds on different shows, and you know, be a, be interviewed and be a part of different shows and such. Um, so if anybody hears this from any walk of life or any show, have me on to talk about my movies. Well, I mean, that's kind of another reason why, you know, I got the brilliant idea for doing shock treatment and for asking you if you wanted to be a part of it with me because of the fact that you are a filmmaker, too. And it was another platform for you to get out the word about, you know, projects that you were working on or projects that were going to be coming out or Mm -hmm. projects that are out 
and you know for our friends within the industry to yeah. do the same as well you know every we're, we all we should all be taking care of one another which you know kind of just blows back the, the last episode we recorded mm. you know yeah. one hand washes the other we are we're all taking care of one another we're all trying to be there and be supportive of one another for what we love to do so if we don't have a problem with it nobody else should have a problem with it yeah and i'm not a and i don't care either way it'd be fun though It'd be fun to uh, it'd be fun to be on other shows as a mashup episode where it's shock treatment meets you know whoever and uh, you know the the, the I mean what, I'm, I'm I'm like I'm pretty much a nobody with the exception of doing this show and being my usual you know you are self. you are definitely not and, a nobody and you know people ask me to do interviews which I find kind of like weird. You're more likable, though. That's what Leo tells me all the time. <laughs> he says, Melissa's more likable. If, if if Melissa didn't want to do shock treatment anymore, then he's going to boot. He's going to boot. I'll be booted off the dorkening. I'll, I'll go to my office and the dorkening. I'll go to my cubicle, and then I'll notice all my stuff will be in a box. But... um yeah, no, you it's don't gotta good. go home, but you can't stay here. That's the, those are the words he used exactly. The um, but no, it's all good in the hood. You know, the Leo's good people. I've been on the I've been on the uh, the Wicked Horror Show a couple times, and um, I think uh, retro. I think retro retro gaming. I think put up a video with me on it. I don't think I got credit for it, but I think I think I, I was on an interview. Um, and then we got Thurber. Thurber, I don't think, is a part of the dorkening, is he? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, so Thur- and Thurber's coming Anthony on. P- with Anthony P's Horror Show, which and, is another good podcast to check out if you're very, looking for new ones to listen to. Anthony's a great dude. Anybody who's seen him at conventions probably, you know, uh, he's always roaming around. I've been on his show like three times, maybe more. He's a good man. And uh, Slasher Sisters, they're not a part of the dorkening, are they? No. Or the Scream, Scream Sisters? Scream Sisters, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they're two different ones. I'm starting a podcast called The Slasher Sisters where I just go drag. I'm going to go drag with uh, either you can be on the show or I'm going to have Alex Hawkware address as well and we're going to become The Slasher Sisters. Oh, God, sisters. you, no, 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 no. Like, oh, Billy Coyne, you and me Alex, and Billy Coyne. I don't know, you have like a, uh, what was it, was it Bosom Buddies? Yeah, <laughs> Billy Coyne wants to do a show. Maybe Billy Coyne will go and we'll wear drag for me. He's done it before, maybe he'll do it again. Oh, just let me know so I can be there to watch. What's funny is we're gonna do a drag show, but we're not. It's only gonna be audio, so you don't get to see it. You just have to. You gotta use your imagination. Oh no, no, no! But that's the episode we're gonna go live and do a video. <laughs> I'd go drag for a certain episode if it was a, if the theme was there. I got no issue with it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we need more. Oh, uh, James Lamond, our boy James Lamond just started up a new, um, a new podcast. I think it was a five hundred eight radio. I think. Yep. Yeah, that was a good time. I checked out the first episode. I think they're up to two or three now. And um, 
I might be on that in one of these days. I told him I was down, so we'll see how it goes. And the same about we have to have him on ours too. Yeah, we're so. supposed you're supposed to have him on in March, but like with the COVID thing COVID hit. Out, yeah, it was a, a nuisance to say the least. But uh, we we continue forward, onward and upward. But yeah, it's uh, it was uh, yeah. COVID's quite an issue. It's uh, I don't think it's ending anytime soon. Um, but we'll see how things go, shall we? Shall we do some mashups? Yep, yep. We do have our big. If anybody likes mashup episodes, we did a gigantor mashup episode with uh, the rest of the. The boom, what is it? Boombastic, boombastic cast, the boombastic and media. We are roundtable episode Hell of yeah. uh, the haunted, the haunted film set. Yeah, it was um, the way I look at ours is we, our production company, is boombastic media, and then our distribution company is Dorkening, and um, we matched up with the rest of the Boombastic Media fam, which was, of course, like you said, mostly ghostly Boombastic cast and shock treatment. Here we are. And um, did like an epic. We had Bill Coyne on the show as well on that one. It was a pretty epic, um, like two and a half hour episode, maybe more, which was good. And um, it was, yeah, you, me, Ray Booten, Hawk, and Bill Coyne. Then I was a, then I was a guest on Mostly Ghostly while yeah, we were there. Doing. Yeah, that was good spiritual treatment. If anybody wants to yep. tap into that episode, that's a fun episode. That was um, an episode where if you could actually watch it, you'd actually get to see me cry. That's what everybody wants. They want to, they want to <laughs> see you cry. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's been a couple times when. Um, Ray, who's a medium as well, will, uh, will read people every now and then. Um, the last episode we recorded, actually, he read, it was over the phone, and he read the read the, the, the lady over the phone and... Um, freaked her right out. Freak, yeah, freaked me out. She seemed pretty calm with it, which was interesting, but it freaked me out a little bit because he... Um, it was her grandmother that he's seen, and he started to describe her... Um, or like the grandmother's friend who was like very spiritual type deal and she remembered her and uh, knew what knew her look in the clothes that she always wore. She always wore a weird like um blanket over a shoulder type thing and he picked that picked up on that. It's funny cuz whenever we do those things I'm always like like Ray goes into his mode and I always I'm like Oh, like I, like, I hope this works out type deal. Not that I don't think Ray can do it. It's just a matter of um, whether and how, how welcoming the person he's reading is. You know what I mean? Some people yeah, would get like, I'm an open, out. I'm an open book. So yes, it's certain. like all receptors were, yes. you know, tuned in for him with me. Yeah, I mean, certain people I feel would get spooked and like, or not want to get into their super personal life because getting read is like a very personal thing, you know what I mean? Very personal experience. Yep. But, um, yeah. Have you seen any new movies lately? Oh, my God. Um, I watched... What the heck? Oh, my God. I have, like, a list of them, too. But, you know, because, like, we... 
like we said at the beginning of this, this is like a totally unscripted episode for us. Um, I've been I've been checking out Shutter. Okay. Because I just got that back again, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's another one with Nicolas Cage, and it was like insane. And it's you know, Mandy, he's, right? he's getting really good at these um, picking the craziest role type movies. Was it Mandy? No, it wasn't Mandy. It was something else. It wasn't really a horror movie. Okay. Um. It was more like a paranormal, like life after death—not like, like life after death, but like um, near-death experience, huh. and you know, seeing things while you're like in a coma or something, or you know, if you're almost at that point where you're going to pass, but then don't. So you're like, you see, you. It was a weird movie. It really was, <laughs> but it was. It actually ended up being halfway decent. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Shutter recently. Yeah, I've been going back and forth uh, the last couple of weeks with Shutter and Amazon Prime. Um, I was checking out this one with Alexander Daddario, where they go to a rave and you know they start, they're looking for people to kill uh-huh. for a church thing, and it's like again, I can't remember the name of them because I've watched so many I didn't, and wasn't planning on talking about any new movies. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I've been trying. I haven't really been focusing on that. My attention has been elsewhere lately. Um, I've been watching so many movies with this whole COVID thing and, you know, being home as it is that I've been trying as much as I love horror, I've been trying to explain and the types of movies I watch. So I've been trying to put in a little more of comedy to kind of break up the monotony with, you know, real life and mm. the movies. You watch the Joe Bob show, the, the, the drive-in, Joe Bob's drive-in on there? I've heard good things about that. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I've been watching The Cursed Set show that they have on there. Oh, the one that stole our mashup episode? Yeah. I've been watching that. <laughs> yeah. I, I benched the hell out of Creep Show. Yeah, I gotta check that out. My, I, it's on AMC now, I guess, but it's probably edited or something like that. Censored. Yeah, it is, because I, um, I've been trying to, I've been checking it out just to see the differences, and don't cut that much out of it, but it loses that feel when you can actually sit and watch something the whole way through as opposed to when you watch it with the commercials. Yeah. You know, because you get yourself into that space and you're like totally zoned in on that episode or that particular movie and then you know what's going to happen next. If you're like me, you've probably seen the movie a thousand times or you've seen that episode a thousand times. So, you know the differences between watching it with a commercial with commercials as opposed to without commercials. Yeah. So, you know, watching New Creep Show on AMC it takes away from some of the stories because some of them there are some that are more graphic than others. So it kinda takes away from those ones that are a little more graphic. It's kinda like when uh, back in the nineties when 
Tales from the Crypt, one from HBO to Fox 25. Regular TV, yeah. Which you can still enjoy them. Like, I I seen them on Fox 25 before. I seen them, the uncut versions on D. I never watched it on HBO. I seen them on DVD when they came out. But even, you know, even on, you know, Fox, they were, they were fun to watch. You know, it's like. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I, I've watched everything, and any. I, you know, my parents never really put rules on what I could or couldn't watch. You know, mm-hmm. as long as it wasn't, like, X rated, they didn't care. So. It's like a third. Always, it's like third world country where you don't. You don't, uh. You don't understand what you don't have if you've never had it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, but now that so, I've watched the DVDs, I wouldn't want to go back and watch edited versions of Tales from the Crypt. No, and I wouldn't. I also wouldn't want to sit and watch like an amazing episode and have it ruined every two seconds by a commercial. That's true. Yeah, I know a lot of streaming services do that, which I kind of don't support. Where they um, they, they they throw commercials in it. Um, our show, our yeah, show. The way I see this is, it's all right. So I'm paying you seven ninety nine a month to have your streaming service. I don't want to watch commercials if I'm having if I have to pay for this. The whole point of me paying for this is so I don't have to watch the commercials. No, I'd be pissed if I so, paid for it and had to fucking watch commercials. Like I, I have to um, like on our, on Spotify. I don't I don't own I don't do the premium. Our shows are all on it. You know what I mean. But I listen to music yeah. and other podcasts on it. And um, with podcasts, it's cool because you don't really have to deal with commercials. I think, you know, I don't even think those commercials at the end of them, they, they do the full run of the show and then that's it. But if you're going to listen to music, you know, every fucking 20 minutes to a half hour, you got to deal with the, a commercial. Like five minutes worth of commercials. Yeah, and it's like, the, I'm convinced that they, they, they pick the worst fucking people to talk like... There's a whole generation of people that are like super fucking annoying when they talk. People probably say the same thing about me, but like there's or me, yeah. Uh, but there's like these commercials that you do that they come on and you're just like, oh man. And I think that they make a point of putting these terrible, annoying commercials on so you pay for it. Because if it was like commercials that you didn't mind listening to, you'd be like, eh, that's fine. But. They're like, well, if we put on these commercials that fucking are going to drive people crazy because they're just so annoying and they're like for these And that's the worst shows. part about it, too, is because the worst commercials are the ones that every single time they go to commercial, it is that one. I, yeah, and I, the, the, I hate the ones for people's other people's podcasts the most because it's always these terrible podcasts with like, like cookie cutter podcasts that are like annoying people that like I don't even want to know what their opinion is like like uh, if you want if you listen to a podcast you're listening to that podcast because you want to know someone's opinion and like you want to hear what they have to say and not, I don't think any of their those podcasts that they push during commercials are like I can't think of anybody that would be like oh I want to hear what they gotta say you know what I mean but, whereas we gotta get reeled in sometimes because neither one of us has a filter yeah, which is good. That's a good thing, though. I feel like the un- being un- un- unexpected vibe is nice, uh, even though it could cause trouble sometimes. I, it's fresh and raw, which I'd rather be fresh and raw than 
Um, not fresh and not raw. You know what I mean? But uh, it's funny because on, on Spotify, like, I I often l- find myself listening to, you know, underground hip-hop about, you know, killing people and selling drugs and, you know, sex drugs and rock and roll and shit. And uh, the commercials that come on for that music is so not for that music. Like, I want to say they're... Like some kid's toy, like pushing some kid's product came on one time and it made me laugh because it was like listening to like some heavy metal kings or some ill bill or something like that, necro, some Gore-Tex, you know what I mean, Jedi mind tricks type shit, something that's like, you know... Hard, hard, hardcore shit, and um, and and then you hear a commercial for like Christian Mingle, yeah, <laughs> like some blood for blood, yeah, and then it's like t- selling you like uh, adult diapers, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know, um, and you can't, and I think that they say every thirty minutes you're supposed they give you the commercial, but it's um, it's definitely more than that because I frequently. And then they, they don't let you skip through songs. Like, if you have premium, you can skip through songs and all that good stuff. And uh, it's funny. Did you hear about Joe Rogan? The Joe Rogan situation? I'm losing his show because of his point of view or something. Well, yeah. Well, what happened is he, he signed a contract for like $500 million or something crazy where he's going to Spotify. He's going to do a show on Spotify strictly. Um a lot of people are trying to get off of YouTube because YouTube, like we talked about uh, in the, uh, the, I think the last episode, and we've talked about before, was censorship because, you know, me and you both are very close to a lady that happens to get kicked off of Facebook frequently. So, <laughs> so um, it ties into that with the whole censorship of that, where if Facebook th- says you don't go, you go against their standards, they can cut you off for 30 days, which... If you have a podcast or a filmmaker or any platform where you need to communicate with your audience, you know, that's a problem, you know what I mean? Like, not being able to communicate with your fans or your audience for 30 days is an issue. So, like, YouTube's starting to get with that where they're banning people's videos and, you know, um, making it, make it so it doesn't show up in related videos. You know, one of the cool things that helped out, helped, I think podcasters and vidcasters and all that in the past with YouTube was the fact that if you listen to like, if you listen to a show on whatever, you listen to a show on, you know, what the best Wes Craven movies, you know, once that video was done, there would be, you know, 15 related videos of the best Wes Craven movies. So you could just die. It would just, you know, go into the other one. And that way, all the videos that were about it were kind of being getting love, and now they 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 minimize it down. So well, YouTube has become more corporate. And you you pay, you know, you can pay to play and type stuff like that, which is killing everything. Um, you know, but you, it, it, we could go into a whole different conversation about how you know people that have more money to push for for marketing and uh, pushing things. It doesn't mean that they're a better show or a better film or better music. It just means that they have the money to get it in front of you easier. You know what I mean? But yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah. But Joe Rogan's been, you know, Joe Rogan's been uh, talking about how he's not really happy with YouTube for a while, and he's got a gigantic show. He's probably one of the. He's probably the biggest 
podcast there is. Um, and uh, I know that he used to be more talk about more open talking about consp- he great interview. He does a lot of really great interviews. But he one of the other things I really liked about his is he'd have all these scientists and you know spiritual people on and stuff and really talk get get dive in deep with um you know conspiracies and stuff which i enjoy and um he's yeah. been having few and few and few of those people on because you can get flagged like alex we'll, we'll pull alex jones up for, you know like you his videos get flagged for just having him as a guest you can get your video flagged i guess and he's been kicked off of youtube and i think you know he kind of got a, he, you know, he said some things that he shouldn't have said, I think. It is, it's freedom of speech, but still, like, you know, things that rub people the wrong way. So he kind of lost his platform a little bit. He's got a website, but, like, all the, you know, social medias and YouTube-type daily, he, he kind of lost his footing with that. But I think that um, I'm hoping when Rogan goes to Spotify that he'll kind of be able to do what he wants to do and um, talk about what he wants to talk about because... As much as I love the interviews, I do like when he has those the, the weird weird zany people on there, the conspiracy people, and uh, they go on a nice three hour riff. You know what I mean? That's always fun. But it's interesting, you know. I mean, I like Spotify. Spotify is probably one of our biggest platforms that we're on. Um, I've been listening to more Spotify in the last last uh, couple months. I'd say like I started off as an Apple Podcast guy where I was listening to all my podcast stuff on Apple because on my phone, built into my phone. But uh, yeah. once we once we hit Spotify, I kind of opened up a uh, opened up a little account with them. Uh, granted, I don't pay for it, so I, I don't have premium, so I just do the poor man Spotify, um, which I I take pride in. I don't have no there's no shame in my game. Uh, with poor man Spotify, I have I have Spotify too, and I go back and forth with the premium plan and the the not paying for it thing. Yeah. Like during the summertime, when I spend more time in my car, yeah, I will for like the entire summer I'll pay for Spotify just so that I can be cruising around listening to what I want to listen to and not you know listening to the repetitiveness repetitiveness of you know having the stereo on where you know they play the same five songs in rotation all day oh yeah stereo. i'd rather i'd rather listen to you know like the music i grew up with in like the 80s the 90s and you know some of early 2000 before music went to crap yeah radio's and, dead yeah, radio's fucking dead sucks radio yeah. radio's just like all radio is now is paid advertisements and Whatever record label pays to have their their what their top like you said the top five songs pushed, you know. Last time I listened to the radio, I, I uh, you'd go on like a twenty minute drive, and you'd hear you'd hear a song like three times in that twenty minutes, and it's just and it's foolish. Sickness. And those artists act like they're fucking like they're king shit because their stuff's played so much on the radio, but like. They, 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 you know, they, 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 it's, it's funny how so many people on every platform like pay to get themselves to make it look like a bigger deal. And then their ego is like, I'm a bigger deal. But in reality, like they're paying to be there. Yeah. It's kind of foolish. It's kind of a foolish thing, but, uh, yeah, 
It is what it is. Um, but you want to jump? Let's jump. Let's let's go full circle, and we'll jump back into uh, severed. That was our halftime show, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're gonna jump. <laughs> now we're gonna jump go back, back to where we started. Yeah, we're gonna jump back into the, the the second leg of the severed limbs film festival, where this last Sunday um, they had an award ceremony. Um, and I, it'd be I'll be. Uh, it was very cool, you know. We'll talk about uh, you know what what Neil did is he brought in a lot of his guests throughout the years to come on and talk about. Uh, well, to kind of do uh, read off the no- the nominations and do the and, and announce the winners of the of the awards, you know, which was cool. All the awards were named after guests that were previously, you know, on his show that have passed away, except for one gentleman. There was one gentleman that we both know um, that had an award named after him, uh, who's still alive, and that gentleman is Alexander the Hawk, which was nice. I was very proud to see. Uh, warm my heart to see the Alexander because as you know both of us are somebody that's loved and respected the great Hawk for many a year um, it's good to see him he's a good dude genuine dude very quiet so he doesn't really get out there in the public as much as he should as far as interviews and stuff go and um, it's good to see you know Neil hook him up with giving him an award because you know he deserves it works hard and uh, he was nominated for the first ever Alexander Hawk Award where he, uh, they nominated him for uh, his work in the Bullied short. Um, they nominated him for his his directorial debut, Acceptance, and they nominated him for Insomniac. He won for Bullied, you know what I mean? So we give him big respects for that. Um, yeah. You know, our short, Victoria, was uh, nominated. We lost to Bullied, actually. But we didn't quite lose because uh, we, we it was it was nominated for best gore and kill in a movie. And even though we lost it, <clears throat> Bullied won. But I actually did the effects and makeup in Bullied, so I kind of won. It was kind of a win-win for me, which was nice, you know. Um, but going back to some other things, and then Insomnia, I caught a bunch of nominations, which was nice. Like I said, I think there was like 40-something short films that came down the pike. Um, each category, with the nominations were the top three most voted on films uh, out of those 40 or so films. And, you know, uh, Insomniac, we got... Let me see here. Insomniac was uh, nominated for not only the Alexander Hawk Award, but it was uh, nominated for, uh, I forget the name of the award, so I'm just going to go with the categories. You know, it was Best Creature or Monster. Um, We were, you know, we were nominated for that. I believe that went to uh, one of the clowns, I think, I want to say. I missed it, so I don't even know because I was at work, so I didn't get to see it. Yeah. Uh, It was also nominated for uh, Best Villain, which was nice, with Ray Booten from Insomniac. Um, You know, I thought Ray did a fantastic job in that, and, you know, Ray plays a great villain. There's very few people in our community that play a better villain than Ray Booten, I feel. He's got a great look, and he's a super talent. 
So, like, uh, it was cool. And I think that was the first time he was ever nominated, he said. So it was nice. Like I said, I like to see people catch, get, get you know, appreciated for their hard work. You know what I mean? So that was nice. Um, best, best Male Performance Insomniac was nominated for a Richard Chandler, um, the star of Insomniac. Um, you know, regardless of my my standings with Rick at this time in life, you know, I still think that he did a fantastic job in the film, and uh, I think, you know, I've seen a lot of his work, I think it's the best stuff he's ever did, um, it would, uh, I wish he was, uh, a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um... I don't know. I don't even know what, what to say about that. But I, you know, I'm sure he kind of appreciates the role. I know around the time that we shot it, he he held it up in high regards and such like that. So he hopefully he still does, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, I I I thought he did a great job with that. So you know, r- rightfully so. And um, next up, it was nominated also for best director. Which I always like to see. I'm always a fan of seeing myself nominated for Best Director credits. Um, you know, there was, I think it was between me, um, J- J- uh, George James Frazier for Bellamont. Uh, I might have been a murder the name. Every time I bring up the name of the movie, I murder. Ballet, like Ballet whatever it is. Very, yeah. very good short. I liked it. Um... And I want to say Jeremy Aruda, which I could be wrong, but I could be right, for directing Strawberry Lane. Um, he went. He, he Jeremy, I believe, took the gold. Strawberry Lane took the gold. Again, um, Strawberry Lane's a film I got to see at um, the Dead of Autumn Film Festival last October. Um, and I really liked that. I thought it was really nicely done. You know, very it was very avant-garde, um, and uh, had a great feel to it. You know what I mean? So, as much as I would love to have taken the best director credit, um, I could at least say that it, it it's. I could feel good that at least it didn't go to a film that I didn't like. You know what I mean? Um, right. And then it was also up for Best Short Film, which was nice, too. That was kind of the big, I think, the big prize of the evening um, was the Best Short of the festival. Um, did not win, of course. I think Cloud won, but Cloud was very good as well. Um, and in the same situation with Strawberry Lane that I can say at least it at least it lost to a film that I respected and enjoyed myself. So, like, I couldn't, uh, I, c- I couldn't be too angry with it. But, um, you know, out of all, being nominated is always, you know, uh, always a good thing you know, to be, you know, recognized and know that the film was appreciated. You know, out of all the films, we reached the top three in that, which was cool. So, um, you know, I definitely still wear it as a badge of honor. On badge of goodness, so um, yeah, it was cool. Um, but yeah, that that, that uh, that's still up too for anybody that wants to go see it. You know, it was definitely cool to see um, 
it was definitely cool to see some horror people talk about the film. Um, I know that uh, Gigi there from a uh, female director from uh, Luchador Produ- Luchador Productions, um, who's kind of doing it big right now. She's I think she just directed an episode of Creep Show and stuff. She did the best director one. I know Bill Mosley did um nom- did the nominations for best short. Um, uh, the gentleman who plays the Chatterer in Hellraiser was um, did the best creature and monster. Um, I want to say best male performance was uh, Harvey, uh, the dude from Human Centipede 2 and 3. Uh, like I said, I'm a professional, so I didn't write any of this down. I'm just going off of memory. And uh, best villain... I want to say was uh, your boy there. Um, fuck, what's his name? He, I think he was Texas, Cha- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. I think he wrote or something like that. Uh, I know you've met him. You've talked about meeting him at conventions before. Um, God. Yeah. Um, bu- 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 which one? Like the guy that plays Leatherface? Or I, the, like I, think somebody Leatherf- else the I think he, he played Leatherface. Do you remember the dude? Was it play- Dan Yeager? Yes, there it is. Yeah, Dan Yeager. And so it was good to see the people talk about the films. Um, and uh, so that was a plush, you know what I mean? <clears throat> you know, that was fun within itself. You know, and then of course... The great Alexander Hawk got up there and talked about how great the Alexander Hawk is, you know? Yep. But what can you do? Yeah, and then, so that was that. That was fun. You know, that was a busy weekend. I also did that same day. I also had to do an interview. Well, I had to, but I was lucky enough to be able to do an interview for the new Tony Newton documentary on um, underground horror films, which was nice. I always liked doing you know, interviews with Tony. Tony's a great dude. Also a part of his uh, his new YouTube page for indie film horror community uh, on YouTube. And that's a .com site as well. I, I got a got a I got a five minute review show on there called uh, Five Minutes in Horror Haven with your boy Matt Fisher. And um, we never do anything in five minutes. So how is that even possible? Yeah, it's very easy because I don't research. I just watch the movie and then I, 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 I just give my opinion for three minutes and then I do a review of a, I, t- I pull a, I pull a vinyl out of my collection, a horror movie vinyl, and talk about that for two minutes and call it a day. Uh, that's what's so beautiful about it is it's gone. It happens within a blink of an eye. So like, it, the first couple of them I actually took notes and was like gonna do it, but like it go. go flew by so quick that I couldn't even like fucking put what I had on the paper into the video so I just stopped and just now I just free ball it like fucking no underwear just straight up boom you know what I mean doing it yeah but it's fun you know what I mean it's one of those things um and also real quick I'll bring up uh the return of drive-ins drive-ins are making a comeback which is cool. I know that we, the Menden Drive-In opened up again, which is Menden's uh, in Menden, Massachusetts. 
Um, every every year, I always say I want to start getting groups of us together and going to the drive-in, and it never happens. I think me and Dave Maggot went to we went to a double feature of Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween um, a couple years back. And yeah, I did the Halloween one at London. Yeah, um, and then we have we have the rustic drive-in here in Rhode Island. Oh yeah, is it nice? Yep, it's not as nice as the London one. No, not at all. <laughs> but um, there's three screens at the one we have here, as opposed to just the two. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's just the, the it's the only thing that the only thing that makes the the rustic so bad is that it paved horribly. So the way they have it set up, driving in and out is gonna wreak havoc on your car. But there's there's something about watching a movie at the drive in mm-hmm. that is so different from going to like the showcase to see a, a, a movie. It's just a dip, different atmosphere, and it's so much more fun because, like, especially now, it's not like when, you know, as a kid, a parents during the summer, mm-hmm. that was, like, one of our family things was going to the drive-in, you know, when they still yeah. had the little speaker box that attached to the window. I don't know how many times my dad drove away with that bad boy still attached. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sure he wasn't the only one. Oh, like, I'm he sure. even has one still to this day that oh, he's cool. kept. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I remember going to the drive-in as a kid with the family. We'd go in New Hampshire. Like, we'd go, when we used to go to New Hampshire and go camping, one of the things that we'd do is we would, um, we'd kind of, we'd make day, like, the day, uh, make days of it. So what we'd do is we'd go to, like, a water park or, like, uh, like Storyland. There's, like, a little theme park called Storyland up there. I remember we went yep. to the rock. We went into like like inside a mountain type like hike type thing once, but we would usually hit up a drive. Yeah, you like the, the clock trading post one day. Yeah, yeah, and the, the drive-in was usually in the mix. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember seeing Dick Tracy there? You know, Die Hard Two. Um, cool Twister. Stuff. I seen Twister. I saw The Shining at the drive-in oh, when I was a kid. That's dope. I wouldn't mind seeing The Shining. Uh, Menden, the thing yes. with, does, does your theater, did your driving theater have like a cool concession stand? Because I know Menden has like that cool 50s style concession. That's probably the coolest thing about Menden is that like when you go to get your food, you know, it's all decked out 50s style. So like it's almost like. Yeah, the one here isn't like that at yeah. all. And I like also, I like how Menden has the fire pit. Too. Yeah, that's cool. My only gripe with Menden is last time I was there, I went to him and I said, "Hey, you guys do you ever do like private screenings?" Like, and they were like, uh, "Like, uh, I approached him with birthday. I said birthday parties because I kind of had the throughout my years of talking to theaters. You know, there's a certain way I feel to approach things, and um, I was like, they were all on. They were like all on board for doing like a private screening type thing." But as soon as I brought up that I wanted to play my movie and not like, you know, a throwback movie or something, it was kind of like the end of the road on that. So that was my only real gripe with them is that, you know, I feel like uh, if you rent it out for birthday parties and shit, you should, if an indie filmmaker comes in. Yeah, because I think I I would love, at the time it was to play DJ, who's, who's actually DJ Stan the Man, as we record this, comes up on its fifth anniversary Sunday. 
um, which is cool, which we were supposed to do a screening, but with everything all fucked up, we're not doing it. But, um, yeah, I wanted to try and play DJ at the drive-in, which would have been super cool, you know what I mean? Um, but they weren't down with it. But Menden is a cool... I love Menden. Menden's, even though they did me wrong on that situation, um, I'd still go back... I'll still go back and see movies. I know Kat wants to go see a drive-in movie or two this summer. And up by us, I guess, Marshfield, where they usually do the Marshfield Fair, I guess this year they're going to do a, um, they're going to set up a, a drive-in situation, which uh, will be cool. Yeah, the only, the, only, the, the only difference with it, obviously, this year with the COVID stuff is that you have to buy your tickets prior to actually going to the drive-in. You can't just go there and pay for your tickets at the booth at the drive-in, yeah. you just like show up and didn't pre-buy your ticket. You are not getting into that movie. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to go, you got to make sure that you actually plan it out and order your ticket online so that, you know, you have it when you get there. Yeah. And for anybody that's never been to the drive-in, it's really a cool experience. You go, you, you drive, you can, it's for the most part, it's cheap compared to a theater. I think they charge you 25, 30 bucks a car load. Which, if you got a, a full car of people, they're all chipping in. It can get really cheap. Um, yep, you get to see two movies. You get to see two movies. You know, uh, pre-COVID, you can I bring can, you can bring your own you can bring your own snack, so you can hit the concession stand. Yeah, like pre-COVID, you could. I was just going to say you could go to the concession stand. You know, you you could either sit in your car and listen to it on the radio, or you could get bring like lawn chairs and and. In whatever you will, if you had a truck, you could bring a lazy boy in, which would be cool. And everybody's got their radio going, so even though you're outside of your car, you can still hear the movie perfectly. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. cool. And people that like to party, um, you know, you could bring any any party favors that you want to bring with you and do that there without issue. You know what I mean? Which is you know, cool, I guess, a cool thing for a two, if you're doing a double feature and you're going to be there for, you know, four hours, it's kind of cool. You bring a, uh, bring some friends as long as you don't get out of control. It's, it's, it's a fun event. You know, like I said, I really want to try and get And a, it's something like with, like with me too, like go, I love going to the drive-in too, because even, even if you go with, even if you don't go with a car full of people, even mm -hmm. if it's just you and one other person, because you're having your date night or what have you. You always tend to make friends with the people around you as well. So, you know, yeah, you can have the party at left, the party at right, the car behind you or in front of you or whatever. And if you're, you know, posted up outside your car, you're going to end up starting to talk to other people. So, you know, it's a good place to be able to actually meet people. And, you know, you're not going to get it's not like going into, into an actual theater where people are going to pounce all over you. If, you know, you pull your phone out or, yeah. you know, if you're talking during the movie because, you know, everything's outside. So, you know, they don't really say too much to you. The only time people get pissed is if you turn your headlights on. It's a community event, which is what we all need right now. Community. Yeah. What, if, we, if we end up going this year, I want to bring us, I want to get like a small group of people that are like driving, like the driving gang. And then we'll go hit a couple movies and maybe maybe we'll do, uh, <clears throat> if anybody cares, maybe we'll do like uh, some type of contest and whoever wins can come to it for free with us and enjoy the uh, 
enjoy watching a movie with the shock treatment gang. And uh, I mean, I haven't really checked out, you know, what Menden's been showing lately. But I know with the lineup that they have here in Rhode Island at Rustic, I'm not going to be going to Rustic anytime soon <laughs> because. Yeah. The movie lineup has kind of been shitty. Well, yeah, they, I know Menden usually does the bigger movies, and then on the weekends, I think they one of the screens will do throwback movies. Like I've, they've often done, you know, Back to the Future, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Um, around Halloween, like I said, we went to go see Halloween on Friday the thirteenth. Um, so stuff like that, you know. I remember at one point uh, our boy Jason over there wanted to do um that that like convention jason levy Levy. oh jason lively yeah the the 420 convention yeah which um would have been cool i mean that would have been a good mendon was the place that i first thought of i remember i talked to him but i told him that would actually help him out with it support it and you know do some legwork on it to get it going because it'd be cool to kind i've always you know we both love conventions and i've always I've always wanted to kind of get our get our foot in the door with conventions, you know what I mean? I know, you know, it's a, um, it's kind of it's a cool thing where it's a cool event to do. Like I w- I wouldn't mind having a hand in convention that you know, and we did did a convention like every year. That'd be that'd be dope. That we could just kind of help run and help organize. I think that'd be cool. And then you can kind of. You know, that's the, the the best networking you can do is in a situation like that, I feel. And it's a lot of fun. You get to bring in cool people, you know, because his plan was to have, you know, some guests there for autograph signing as well as playing movies and stuff. And um, I still, I don't know if he's still, he's probably hasn't thought of that in a while, especially with COVID. But if he was still down to do it, I'm still down to, you know, work on it. I know you would too. Um but, Definitely, because it, it 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 would revamp the drive-in, yeah. and you know, it it's just like I said, it's it's a great atmosphere, and it's nice to sit outside under the stars and watch a movie. You can't beat it. You cannot beat it. You really can't. And I'm I mean, like I'm looking at Mendon's lineup for the Friday starting Friday night. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing. To, it's nothing to sneeze at, you know. Yeah. They got one screen for the kiddos, and you know, one screen for the adults. The kiddos, they're showing the new Trolls movie and Doolittle, yeah. and then they have Invisible Man, which I did see, and that was actually a decent movie. And mm-hmm. Becky on the other screen. Oh, Becky with um, Luke Wilson, King, King of Queens. Or? Is it Kevin James? Kevin James is a dickhead. Me and my brother. Lulu Wilson, not Luke Wilson. Me and my brother worked on Here Comes the Boom with Kevin James. Kevin James is an asshole. But that that, sucks. a lot of people a lot of people uh everybody that I've ever known in the in the Boston community that ever kinda worked on a movie Kevin James was a part of from grown ups. Here comes the boom, Paul Blart Mall Cop uh that think, movie was even worse. Well, the only good thing about Paul Blart Mall Cop is Alex Hawk's actually in it. So, but other than that, yeah. And Kevin James was a dickhead, straight up. He he was one of those dudes that um he, he can't even he like don't even smile at people. He just walks around grumpy all the time. 
That was my whole take with them. And I, I know you're in, I know you got to be a big method actor in the zone to play a very, you know, uh, very uh, in-depth character like Kevin James likes to play, you know, very, uh, you know, you got to go deep into that character to play himself pretty much, but uh, you can at least smile. I can understand not having a conversation with somebody and, uh, you know, like that, but you can you can smile, you can say hi. It, it did it not not to me. I just it's like not I, kill you. I yeah, I'm not a Kevin James fan. I thought King of Queens was incredibly overrated to begin with. So I'm not I'm not a dude that tried to get a handshake and a hug and got blown off. You know what I mean? And I'm not bitter over that or anything. I'm just I I, I my opinion of people is how they act around the people that are their fans. And he was a dickhead. You know what I mean? Like he, he was very unfriendly, and I don't. I think he's overrated to begin with. So when you're overrated and you don't even treat the people that put food on your table well, yeah, you're a piece of shit. And I know other other people, other people that have worked with them have said so from big to small. Like I remember my cousin worked on Grown Ups and Spade and uh, Chris Rock. We're like making fun of him because uh, how unfriendly he was and stuff, and how he just stayed in his trailer and like didn't like everybody else would go talk to people in between takes and stuff, and uh, yeah. that's why they're loved. That's why people support him. And then you got Kevin James, who's just kind of like a like a dickhead. But fuck him. I don't. We're gonna end the episode with Kevin James because I'm so heated. I'm so heated over Kevin James now. I gotta go punch holes <laughs> in my wall. It ruined um, the whole flow. Nah, we're 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 over. We're at the hour and twenty two mark, so we're uh, it's a good place to wrap it up. But um, so Kevin James, do better and uh, drive ins. Hopefully, we'll catch a nice. We'll start the drive in gang. The DIG doing it big and um, take it from there. You know what I mean, but yeah, definitely. I want to, uh, I want to get like a carload of people, maybe two carloads of people, go see some movies this summer, and to drive in and make it an experience. You know what I mean? Have some fun with it. Yeah, unfortunately, though, right now, yeah, it would have to be carloads because they're not allowing people to sit outside their cars while this whole COVID thing is going on. You'd think that they would allow that more than people sitting in their car together. I guess if you're all in the same car together, you're fine, but you can't even have your windows down unless you have masks on. So I was just reading up on the, you know, the whole rules and regulations thing for the driving right now with COVID. Crazy. I will say that when we did Here Comes the Boom, the Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli himself, Henry Winkler, awesome guy. Super cool. Talked to my brother for like 15, 20 minutes. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he talked to my brother, uh, and he, he he's the type of dude, and I guess it's one of those things, you know, there's a, there's a saying I learned a couple of years back when I was, I was, you know, I had an issue with somebody, and I was trying, you know, I was looking at, you know, certain things, it's like, you, do, you can never kind of, don't, don't judge somebody by what you do, you know what I mean, like, you can't, just because if you want, if you treat people cool, don't, don't. I guess you can't judge the next man for not being the same way you are. Um, but, like, it was definitely yin and a yang with those two where Jay, Kevin James was chilling, um, mean mugging everybody. And uh, 
Winkler was like, in between takes, Winkler was always walking over and talking to people about, you know, their day and stuff, which... Which is nice. Which is When somebody else is a douchebag. Well, that's what some people don't understand, is that some of the people that talk to Winkler, that's probably highlights of their life. It's like, for, for, for the Fonz, it's like three minutes of his day, you know, just to pass time. Or somebody, yeah, somebody like like me that, you know, love Fonz, like, that's my whole life right there. Yeah, that three minutes I mean? meant the whole world to me. Exactly, and that's what some people don't understand. But uh, with that, we say much respect to Henry Winkler and uh, not so much respect to Kevin James. So, We'll catch y'all on the next episode and uh, check out uh, Without Your Head and the Dorkening and uh, all those good things. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll catch y'all. Catch you on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Be safe. Peace.